Well, today we are going to continue our series called Renew. To renew means to give fresh life to something. It means to bring something back to its original state. All of us find ourselves in need of renewal from time to time. Whether it be in our spiritual life, whether it be in our marriage or in our vocation or our ministry, and the list goes on and on. For a foundation of this series, we're looking in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 40. We're reading verses 29 through 31. Speaking of our Lord, it says that he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, last Sunday, we talked about why we may be in need of renewal. If you were not here last Sunday, I encourage you to listen to that message online or by listening to our podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the source, the source of renewal. Actually, I want to suggest three sources. I don't think that we can pick and choose from this list, but I believe that all three are required for genuine and lasting renewal. Let me suggest, first of all, the first source of renewal is the Scriptures. Say the Scriptures. You know, Christians who try to survive on spiritual experiences alone will constantly struggle in their journey. And so many people are struggling in their walk with God, and it is because they are trying to survive on spiritual experience alone. Now, hear me this morning. I am in no way downplaying the validity and the need for spiritual experiences, but we need much more than this. The problem is, the problem is that people who depend on spiritual experiences alone often turn into spiritual junkies. Spiritual junkies who continually crave their next spiritual fix. And each experience must outdo the last one. They often start chasing the latest and the greatest revival or fad. Going from one church to the other to the other, becoming quickly bored, and so off to another they go. These spiritual junkies never grow or mature. They never settle down in one place long enough to plug in and actually become an asset to any local church or an asset to the kingdom. They are constantly in need of renewal because, because saints cannot live on experience alone. The first source of renewal that I want to talk about today is, is the scriptures. And I want to talk about three things or suggest three things about them. First of all, I'd like to suggest this morning that the scriptures indict us. Yeah, they indict us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, he says, all scripture is inspired by God. How much? 
all scripture, he said, is inspired by God and is useful, notice, listen, is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Here's what I know this morning. Ask five different Christians. Ask five different Christians what is right and what is wrong, and you're likely to receive five different answers. Each saint is basing their answer on their heritage, their traditions, their own personal convictions, and opinions. Doesn't sound like a very reliable source for such an important issue. This is why we need to go to the scriptures. This is why we need to see what God has to say about all of the issues of life. Now, that being said, and I want you to hear this this morning, we must not take God's word out of context. And so often people will take the word of God out of context and make it say what it really does not say. So we got to be careful that we do not take God's word out of context. We got to be careful that we do not try and build a doctrine or a teaching from one cherry picked verse. But we need to take the word. We need to take the scripture, not a, not cherry picking this one and that one and putting them two or three together. No, no, no. But taking the scripture, the entirety of the scripture. See, when we read the Word of God, first of all, we need to pray. Before we open the book, we need to pray and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us and show to us and reveal to us what God is saying to us in His Word. Well, the Scriptures have the power to indict as 2 Timothy 3.16 that we read said, it corrects us when we are wrong. Not only does Scripture have the power to indict us, but I would also suggest the Scriptures instruct us. Psalm 119, verse 105, the psalmist wrote, and he said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light to illuminate my path. And Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, Scripture is useful for teaching us how to live. See, everything that we need to know about how to live our lives can be found in Scripture. Sometimes it's plain. Sometimes it's a principle. And sometimes it's applied. But Scriptures tell us everything we need to know. It tells us everything we need to know about marriage, about parenting, about finances, about relationships. The Bible has an entire book dedicated to wisdom, the book of Proverbs. The Scriptures instruct us. The third thing the scriptures do for us, and that is the scriptures inspire us. Inspire us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 says all scripture is inspired by God. Is what? Inspired. Listen, hear me this morning. If all scripture is inspired by God, then the scriptures should inspire us. Whether they are being read, whether they are, being, they are the lyrics of a song, whether they are being used in a sermon, the scriptures inspire us. I, I don't know about you this morning, but I just do not understand boring preachers. I do not understand boring preachers. I do not understand passionless preachers. 
I personally have been criticized for having too much passion in my preaching. It's not been once, it's not been twice. I have been criticized for having too much passion in my preaching, but I have never been accused of not having enough. You know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm like D.L. Moody, the great preacher of old. He was asked why he believed in the inspiration of Scripture. Now, you have to understand that Moody could have given a two-hour dissertation on the inspiration and infallibility of Scripture. And yet, when he was asked why he believed in the inspiration of Scripture, Moody simply responded, because it inspires me. Me and my wife are inspired this morning. Amen. Amen. Listen this morning, if you need spiritual renewal, start by reading the scriptures. Start in the New Testament. Get you a version that's easy for you to understand. Choose quality over quantity. It's better to read 10 verses and understand them than it is to read 10 chapters and not have a clue as to what you have read. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the true meaning of what you read. Ask a mature saint that you know to help you find a good devotional book to help you. Hey, get plugged into our discipleship track, which starts in September. I can't even get a staff member to amen me this morning. talking about the source of renewal today. The first source of renewal today is the scriptures. The second one I want to talk to you about today is the saints. Good, godly, mature, loving saints are a good source of renewal. See, God works through people. (laughs) So does the devil. (laughs) But God works through people. When God wants to speak, he usually uses somebody's voice. God is speaking this morning. He's speaking through my voice. When God wants to touch someone, he usually touches them through someone's hands. And when God wants to meet someone's financial needs, he usually reaches into our pockets. Let me give you three things that the saints can do for us. First of all, the saints embrace us. The saints embrace us. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 through 7 says, May God help you live in complete harmony with each other and as his fitting followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Let me make a statement this morning. The church should be the most accepting place in town. The church should be the most accepting place that you can find. Now, hear me clearly this morning. I'm talking about accepting people. I'm not talking about accepting their practices. And for too many people, because they don't agree with people's practices, they do not accept the people. Listen, listen, it doesn't matter what our practices are. We still should be accepting of people. Yeah, we should love the sinner and hate their sin. Now, this is going to throw a curve to somebody here this morning, but we should allow people to belong even before they believe. 
See, see, we, and especially in full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic circles, we wait, you know, we think people got to be perfect before we, you know, before we receive them, before we accept them, before we put our arms around them. Listen, we've been doing this backwards all of our, for, for years and years. Listen, we ought to allow people to belong even before they believe. Am I saying that we place unbelievers and sinners in leadership? Oh, don't be ridiculous. You know that's not what I'm saying this morning. But hear me this morning. There's a difference in loving somebody. There's a difference in accepting somebody. There's a difference in embracing somebody. There's a difference in accepting people and accepting their practices. I mean, he's tracking with me this morning. And, and then what about the saints that don't dot their doctrinal I's or cross their doctrinal T's exactly like we do? Man, you want to get under my skin, man? You want me to leave the anointing and go to the annoying? Right here, I could do it. I'm telling you, no one's got it all together. I don't even agree with everything I say. And I sure don't agree with a lot of things I used to say. I mean, no, it's a process. It's a process. Amen. Listen, should we divide over minor issues or should we unite over major issues? You know, some spiritual leader, you know, somebody that has this great voice says something that's maybe a little bit out in left field about this doctrine or that or whatever. Oh, we want to fall out with them. No, we better not have them. And, man, preacher, you're going to tell us not to read their books. And No, I'm not. Don't throw the baby out with bathwater. I don't agree with any, everything anyone says. And you don't either. Amen. So, so let's, let's, and I'm not talking, listen, I'm, man, absolutely the blood of Jesus. Absolutely, you know, the infallibility of Scripture. Absolutely uh, uh, salvation by faith. Yes. I'm not going to fall out with you because you have a different end time view than I have. Stay around as long as you want to. (laughs) I'm going out on the first load. I'll wave at you as I go. You want to stay around for half the tribulation? I'm not going to fall out with you about that. Sanctification, is it instantaneously or progressive? Just get it. Should we divide over minor issues or unite over major issues? Hear me this morning. The family of God should be inclusive, not exclusive. This is not a good old boys club you walked into this morning. And there's no room for racism in the family of God. And I want to tell you, you won't, be, you, you won't like it around here if you're, ra- you're racist. You won't like it. We're not. Amen. I mean, we even like white people around here. I mean, we like everybody. (laughs) Now, I'm going to go out where angels fear to tread, but I've been out there before. A person's personal political party should not isolate them from God's family. I like what somebody said. Somebody said, it's not about the donkey, it's not about the elephant, it's about the lion. The saints embrace us. 
Maybe you're that person, you know, that got picked last at school for the game, you know, and they even argued about who had to take you. When you come into the family of God and the house of God, you ought to be embraced and received and accepted. No matter where you live, no matter what your zip code is, no matter how many zeros are behind your, your salary, amen. Amen. The saints embrace us. Third thing, the saints encourage us. Romans 15 and 32 says we should be an encouragement to one another. Romans 14 and verse 19 says, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Hear me this morning. Why do imperfect saints criticize other imperfect saints? Jesus said, he who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. I don't know about you. I'm not casting the first rock. I don't qualify. Pretty sure you don't either. Jesus said, how can a person who has a two-by-four in their own eye criticize someone else who only has a toothpick in their eye? But listen, I see this happen over and over and over and over and over again. People that are upset about this one or pointing a finger at this one, I'm thinking, what you do and what you're criticizing, what they do, what? Hear me, stay away from the critical saints. Instead, hang out with the encouraging saints. And let me park here for just a minute this morning. Become, become an encouraging saint. Build people up. Don't tear them down. Concentrate on the good in people. Don't dwell on the bad. Listen, this morning, you can be the source of somebody's renewal. You can be the one who balances out the negative voices that people are constantly hearing. Personally, I'm trying to develop. Emphasis on the word develop. Personally, I'm trying to develop a ministry of encouragement. As often as I honestly can. Because I want to be honest. But as often as I honestly can, I am encouraging people and I am saying to them, I'm proud of you. Recently, I saw a former staff member of mine back in another church I pastored many years ago, saw him at a conference. He texted me, said, Pastor, are you here? I said, yeah, oh, I want to see you. Okay, I want to see you too. And we met and we talked and, you know, and man, he's doing good. He's passing a church. His church is growing. He's a leader. And, you know, I called him by name and I looked him in the face. And I said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I'm going to tell you something. I know the history of this young man, and he didn't always have people telling him they were proud of him. And I can't tell you the expression on that young man's faith, face when his former pastor that he worked for for several years looked into his eyes and said, Son, I'm proud of you. At a recent meeting for pastors and ministers, I, I felt like I heard the, the Lord say to me that my next season of ministry will be to become a ministry cheerleader. Never thought of myself as a cheerleader. My daughter was a cheerleader. Never thought of myself as that, but I felt like the Lord speak to me that the next season of my ministry will be, will be to become a ministry 
cheerleader, that I was to encourage and cheer on the next generation of ministers. I want to become a source of renewal, a source of encouragement. But not only do the saints embrace us and encourage us, but let me say this this morning, the saints endure us. (laughs) Yeah, you heard me right. Sometimes we have to endure one another. Have you ever had to endure your spouse? Don't answer that. <laughs> ever had to, had to, have you ever had to uh, endure your kids or your parents or your friends or your boss or your employees? Absolutely, of course we all have. Let me tell you, the saints are no different. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 and 22. Paraphrase, it says this, don't complain about what people are saying about you behind your back because you have also talked about them. Wow. Guilty? Guilty? Hey, why do we focus on the one or two things we don't like about somebody when they have a dozen good things? But we look beyond the dozen good things in their life and we look at that one or two things that just grates on us. Hey, sometimes renewal takes longer than at other times. In these instances, we need to practice endurance. Hebrews 10 and 36 says, you have need of patience. We're talking about the source of renewal this morning. Renewal comes through the scriptures, comes through the saints, but it also comes through the Spirit. fact of the matter is, without the Holy Spirit, there will absolutely be no renewal. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the Scriptures come alive. It's the Holy Spirit that anoints people and preachers so they can teach and preach and explain the Scriptures. It's the enabling of the Holy Spirit that helps the saints demonstrate the Scriptures through their daily lives. Very quickly this morning, I want to mention three things about the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want to suggest the Holy Spirit connects us. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 17, Paul writes, and Paul says, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him, by who? Who's him? The spirit, the Holy Spirit, by him, by the Holy Spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit connects us to God the Father. The Holy Spirit takes the hand of our Heavenly Father and pulls it down and lifts up our hand. And the Holy Spirit unites the Father and us. He is the one that connects us to the Father. But Not only does the Spirit connect us, but I would suggest also that the Spirit convicts us. John 16 and 8 says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. In Acts chapter 2, Peter, along with another 119 people, had just been baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, Peter stands up and he begins to preach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 37 of Acts 2 says, when they heard this, what did they hear? They heard the message that was preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit by this man named Peter. When they had heard this, notice the next phrase, they were cut to the heart. What does that mean? They were convicted. The Holy Spirit did a work of conviction. They were cut to the heart and they said to Peter, so what shall we do? The Holy Spirit convicts, but this is not a bad thing. When you think about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, often we think of that in a negative connotation, but it is not a bad thing. It is actually a good thing. I don't know about you, but I'm glad, I'm grateful, I'm thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. See, see, it's a good thing. It's because of God's love for us. It's because of his desire for us to live righteous lives. And so he provides conviction through the Holy Spirit. And here's what I know this morning. And that is if we respond correctly to the conviction of the Spirit, it will save us from a lot of heartache, save us a lot of tears, and save us from a lot of days of stupid. Third thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is our constant companion. John 14, verses 16 and 17, the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will come and dwell with you and he will be in you. Where's he going to be? In you. See, see, the Holy Spirit is not reserved just for church on Sunday morning. Can't wait to get to church and to that worship and that preaching. Can't wait because I just need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Well, why haven't you had one all day, all through the last week? Amen. The Holy Spirit is not reserved just for church or Sunday morning. You don't need a worship team. You don't need a preacher to provide you an experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be your constant companion. And unlike what you heard, if you were grow, grew up like I did, the Holy Spirit does not come and go based on our feelings or our actions. And we don't have to work up the Spirit. We don't have to sing it down or preach it down or hype it down. See, see he's much like the radio waves. Yeah, I did that, baby. You'd never, you have no clue what goes on on this front row when I'm preaching. Good thing I'm a veteran, amen. Hey, the Holy Spirit is much like the radio waves. They're always there. It's not like they're, not, they're there and they're not. They're there. They're, no, they're always there. But you have to tune in. You have to tune in. Just because you didn't feel any vibes, just because you didn't hear any noise, doesn't mean it wasn't. It was there. But it didn't do you any good until you tuned in. You don't have to feel, you know, goosebumps or have Sean dies, or anything else. Amen? All you have to do is tune in. 
tune in. That's what we want you to do in this Renew Conference. We want you to tune in. We want you to tune in. Are you tuned into the Spirit? Learn to recognize His presence. Make Him feel welcome in your life by invitation and by inclusion. The takeaway for the message today is simply this. To experience renewal will require our investment in the Scriptures, our involvement with the saints, and our invitation for the Spirit to reside in us. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today. God, I know. God, you have an incredible, incredible plan for this morning, tonight, Wednesday, next Sunday. God, we've sought your face. We've asked for directions. We've asked for your leadership and the people to bring. There's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into this. It hasn't just been done flippantly or done without planning, without preparation, without prayer. But God, I also understand that we can do everything that we can do to set the stage. But it must take the people being willing to say, hey, I want in. I want in on what God wants to do this week.